Oh, what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorcas! Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. The podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy. Well, I guess I should face this way. My good buddy, the Lotus of the Doom. What's up, dude? How's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well. And actually, uh, we'll probably get into it at like the mid-break thing. But uh, it's it's going very well just because of everybody posting their uh, end-of-year Spotify wrapped things, which has been yeah. quite overwhelming. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. Go check out everyone's Twitter accounts. And mine, too. I posted a whole bunch of images and screenshots about, like, thank you to all of our listeners. And this is what percentage of people share. Like, we're in the top 5% of most shared podcasts on the internet did you know that or at least yeah. on spotify like there's a bunch of cool right. stats that's only one platform <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's there's some crazy stuff out there so go go, go look up the stuff that i posted on the twitter account on the robot rated twitter account if you want to see any of that stuff it's pretty cool uh but thank you to all of our listeners yeah. and welcome back everybody welcome chat thanks for being here uh limonian in chat says i thought you added that stuff in post talking about the intro sounds and stuff no man it's all part of the live show it's all yep. it's all together and it makes Makes it much more efficient. <laughs> I have less editing to Indeed. do later on. So yeah. So welcome everybody. We are getting back to uh, conversations about Morrowind and the Dunmer. And um, this week we we teased it two weeks ago. We decided, you know what? We're only going to go into the houses a little bit as they as they occur in the history and the story of how things progressed in the society. But we wanted to leave some of the more specific details about the nature of each of the houses, kind of the personalities of them for for this episode that we're going to do. So we're going to go through all the all the great houses, the current ones as of the state of the most recent games. But then um, also the the houses that aren't around anymore some of the ones that used to be great houses some of the ones that are minor houses that or historically were part of this i, I don't know what to call it uh it's not a pantheon um pantheon crossed my mind but that's it's not the right word uh yeah, it's senate not pantheon, <laughs> I, 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 yeah i don't know what to i don't know what to call it yeah, so, something like that. But it doesn't matter what we call it. But uh, th- that's what we're talking about today. So I hope you guys are interested in this. And one thing that I think is particularly worth noting, and I didn't bring this up to Lotus ahead of time, but Lotus, have you, you've heard about the rumors of where people think Elder Scrolls Online is going next year, right? I love the idea of us going to the Morrowind Mitten, as I call it. 
Yeah, the mitten. Yeah, because yeah, um, it looks like a little mitten on the map. But yeah. I would love it because then we could see Necrom and all this other stuff. Boots, you're not helping. Yeah, <laughs> so t- more Telvanni He's also stuff. very excited about this potentially. Boost is our third ho- uh, boost. Boots is our third host. I called him Boost. Boost sounds like the name of like a superhero dog in like a, a Disney show. <laughs> I am Boost. I'm here to help. All right. Well, <laughs> enough of that silliness. Let's uh, let's get on with the show. So we're going to go through each of the different major houses. And mostly we're just focusing on the personality and who they are in relationship to each other and how they how they kind of work together. Now, the first thing that I want you to keep in mind as we're talking about the houses of Morrowind is that they are part of the political structure, but they aren't like current politics like if in the united states for example we've got two major political groups you've got the republicans and the democrats and if you decided to be one of those you could and if at any point you wanted to switch and be the other you could it's totally up to you making that decision this isn't like that at all you are born into a house and if your house gets dissolved you might be welcome into another house but that's one of the rare occasions where you can actually change houses for the most part these are more like being born into born into like a mafia. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it's sort of like a mafia family dynamic, except they are the governing bodies. Right. So if you are House Redran or House Telvani or whoever, you are until death. This, these are your people. This is the group that you are siding with and you might decide to work with some of the other houses or you might agree on some things, but you probably disagree on a lot of stuff, other stuff as well. And at no point will you ever be asked to switch or welcome into another house if you got kicked out of yours for just being a a terrible person like that would be very rare so that's kind of where this starts also a lot of the houses have um interesting moral dynamics not even just amongst each other which varies quite a bit but even in and amongst the houses themselves can get a little interesting at points and sort of kind of cutthroat in a lot of cases yeah, yeah. So there's some cool stuff going on here. So let's start with House Redoran. I mentioned them a second ago. They are there are five remaining great houses, and House Redoran. And we're pulling a lot of this information because it's it's all been kind of boiled down into the UESP wiki. And the section on House Redoran. There's a bunch of stuff here historically about who they were and where they were. We talked about a little bit of that stuff on the last episode, but I want to focus more on their personality. In the final paragraph in that section, it says the main focus of House Redoran is maintaining the traditions of the settled Dunmer, and more specifically. The Way of the Warrior. So when you think Redoran, think Way of the Warrior. As a result, House Redoran has long served as Morrowind's de facto military. Members of House Redoran often believe themselves to be naturally superior to other great houses. <laughs> Amazing. There's, not only do Mur like to pretend they're superior uh, amongst other races, they also need to have a superiority test amongst themselves. Yes, yes. So, par for the course, I guess. Yeah, it, it all it's all par for the course. So, due to the house's emphasis on tradition and piety, the tribunal temple was a natural ally. We mentioned a little bit of this on the last episode as well. With the majority of Vivek's buoyant armagers hailing from the house. House Raideran maintained strained relationships with the Ashlander tribes of Vardenfell, uh, with the Morag- Morgtong, House Hlalu, and House Telvani. They held respect for House Indoril and were willing to fight alongside House Dress. So this recaps a few of those connections between the different houses and some of the places where they either sided together or whatever. 
Um, during the Third Empire's reign over Morwen, the Red Iran also held mutual respect for the Fighters Guild, which makes sense because they, they're very warrior-focused. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's mutual interest slash respect. Right. And the Imperial Legion. Remember, they were the ones that got along better with the Legion initially compared to some of the yeah. other houses. Yep. They did not hold other Imperial institutions such as the Mages Guild, the Thieves Guild, and the Imperial Cult in such high esteem. <laughs> so they still had their differences. Like the other great houses, House Redoran loathed the cultists of the Sixth House and the vampires of Varden. We're going to talk about the Sixth House. We'll get there. And the vampires of Vardenfell and disapproved of the Komona Tong's illegal activities. So, um, do you do you remember much about the Komona Tong? About Komona Tong, the Komona Tong. They're I guess really not. I mean, I, I that works. I know that their existence it is and stuff like that. But they, they've never really been at the forefront of anything that I specifically remember, other than they might have had more of an influence in Elder Scrolls three than I remember. But also I played that game in 2002. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's a section in the UESB. We're not going to sidetrack into this too much. But. Yeah, they, they're they're not really necessarily like this discussion topic, but we could always do something on the Komono Tong at another point. Right. Right. A brief uh, synopsis from Vorar Vendu, who says the Komonatong are slavers, murderers, extortionists, everything a vile crime syndicate can be. They don't like outlanders, especially ones who cut into their profits. So think of them as if these are all mafia groups, this is a side group that is way more ambitious and terrible. Yeah, the regular it also mafia. seems, well, we'll get into House Drez, but it seems like they share a lot of commonality with House Drez. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, I haven't I haven't looked too much into this stuff. So I'm sure we tried to have Aramithius on the show today uh, from Written in Uncertainty. He, he always that would have been great. But yeah, time he, zones. he loves this stuff. Like this is his bailiwick. Oh, that's a good word. Uh, I'm sure he would have things to say about them. I, I'm not going to talk too much on, on that until I research it some more. So then we have uh, House Telvani. So in general, the Telvani did not interact with the other houses or guilds, nor did they have any many enemies save for the abolitionists and the Imperial Mages Guild. However, the Telvani themselves were universally disliked or disapproved of by all the other factions found in Vardenfell as late as the Third Era 427. On the other hand, the Telvani did not have the usual hatred of vampires that most other factions held. Their lords and mouths were willing to speak to vampires. Wizards did not fear vampires nearly as much as other folk did. House Telvanni is, they are basically the, like, if Red Arand are the warrior group, Telvanni's the mage group. And that's part right. of why they didn't like the Imperial Mages Guild is because they're kind of stepping on each other's toes. Yes, and I could also understand them not really having much fear over vampires as they're really impressive wizards. So, like, extra, you know, some, something outside the norm to them is probably something they deal with on a semi-regular basis anyways, being that they, you know, for example, live in giant mushrooms. Like, yes, they live the in giant The weird is part mushrooms. of their thing, so what might be a bit scary and otherworldly to normal denizens might not be so much when you're dealing in the, the transmundane and the weird stuff already. Right, right. Now, the Talvani are known for living in the easternmost side of Morrowind, up on the peninsula that we were talking about, uh, where places like Necron are and 
Um, this is also known as the Telvani Peninsula. This is the rumored location where some people feel like they've they've pulled some lines out of the most recent Elder Scrolls Online updates, and and they have Zenimax has this habit of hinting at where things are going to go in the future by dropping yeah. just little lines of dialogue where somebody says, oh, I hear this part of the world is a nice place to visit, visit these days. And then sure enough, the next expansion goes there and we're like, oh, they hinted at it. We totally yeah. missed that. They definitely breadcrumb mechanics throughout the game as well as storyline, which is which is interesting because they give you enough that makes speculation fun. And also, you know, it, it can amount to something. Right. But it's also, there's also speculation, plausible like, deniability, right? Like correct, if it ends up not being there, we could just be like, like, oh, well, well, we missed the other line where it said it, this was a cool yeah, place. Exactly. And that it's was like where it, they ended it's up going. hard to see going forward. Whereas, you know, 2020 hindsight stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, obviously it was this. So it, I'll, I'll be curious. I haven't. I haven't looked into it um, as I'm currently working through the final part of it myself. Not that we're going to spoil anything for the most recent stuff in Elder Scrolls Online, but um, I haven't seen anything that necessarily led me in that direction. I just really would like that. So I'm totally on board with the idea. Yeah, no, I think it would be cool, too. I think a lot of people would be on board with it. Um, one of the cool reasons why it would be so cool is they have these houses, like you mentioned, that are in these giant mushrooms. Um, the aesthetic of House Tal- Talvani in general is is very interesting. So, for example, um, their armor and the clothing that they make, they've got these like cool looking robes, but then the helmets almost look like mushroom shaped helmets. Also, you know, like there's it's a very striking kind of motif to a lot of they their have stuff. a really organic motif to most of their stuff. Yeah. Their lamps. That's like the thing that I always find very cool about their aesthetic, their lamps, their lanterns, how they actually light their houses and stuff like that. They almost look like like glowing pods growing out of the stuff, which I mean, they are fungal houses and stuff like that in the game. So it's just yeah. like, it's really cool that a lot of their stuff holds on to that nature vibe, but in a different way than like the Bosmer, for example. Right, right. I, I feel like the Telvanni stuff is some of the most alien looking. This is one of the oh, things yeah. a lot of people talk about with, with Morrowind is it feels like you're going to this alien land, right? Without the- a doubt. And it feels a little more, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but whereas the Bosmer have a big thing where it feels like they're kind of one with nature in in the game i always feel that the delvani feel more like they're subjugating it a little more just the way their stuff uh, is yeah I, I can see that i can see that yeah they're not they're not just like using utilizing nature and living with it it's they're, like no we need you to do this yeah, so we're gonna just yeah. help you do this for us <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that that i could see that as well um so yeah when you think delvani think uh powerful mages who are subjugating the world around them and are kind of separatists in, in a way compared to the other houses. Um, then we have Indoril. House Indoril is uh, or unorthodox, or I'm sorry, were orthodox and conservative supporters of the Tribunal Temple during its millennia long reign over Morrowind. So Tribunal Temple, remember the, the Tribunal, uh, Vivek, Amalexia, Sothasil. Um, claiming kinship with the tribunal themselves and boasting such ancient heroes as the Hortator, 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 I always say Hortator, so much, Hortator, I want to say Hortator, I I have to struggle not to, um, Indoril Nerevar, so Indoril Nerevar, House Indoril, 
Nerevar comes up a lot in in the stories and events. Um, House Indriel was dominated, uh, has dominated temple authorities since time immemorial. Immemorial. Man, words are hard today. They have always held prominent positions within the temple hierarchy, and throughout history, the fates of House Indriel and the temple have been closely linked. Through the temple, House Indriel's influence was felt across Morrowind, even beyond their traditional borders. So, any thoughts on them, Lotus? Yeah. So, the, <laughs> I, I, it, it's just, I don't know. I, they're definitely they, the thing with them is they have some, as as we're discussing in chat, they're uh, <laughs> they're like a new level of of being like superior. I their aesthetic is a little divisive, but I feel that they're such a unique aspect to the series. And one of the things before we get too far away from them, I did want to bring up um, is in the Morrowind expansion in ESO. Mm-hmm. Um, when you deal with House Telvani, uh, I believe her name is Suns and Sun and Shadow. Maybe it's a it's a Argonian tale that happens over in that area. Um, they have a really unique hierarchy um, where they're fine with slavery. Like that's that's their thing. Um, You're talking about Indril here or Telvani. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I before we get to Indril, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm still sorry. sticking with the Telvani sorry, stuff. Okay. No, no. Okay. Indril is not so much confused. with the slaving. Sorry, that, that makes sorry. sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> what was I going to say? I, I mentioned it before. We got too far from Telvani. Is what it was. Um, the the thing the thing I find about them is they're so unique. And the reason I bring that up now is Indril seems like. You've got this situation where, at least to me, because theoretically in in the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, you have your your Indril Nevervar reborn the, right. theoretically, like that's how it goes out, and you're the Nerevarian. It always struck me as they were like the most neutral of all of these people because they're kind of at the center. Yes, that's actually maybe that's a little better than neutral. They're kind of in the middle. I get what Um, you're saying. Like they're they're not extreme on the spectrum. They're kind of right. So and and this is what so like you've got Telvani, which I was talking about. Very unique, very weird. They have like these bizarre hierarchies where you can go from being a slave to being like one of the head people in in the guild and it's actually like pretty open to um you'd think people who are in favor of slavery would not want (laughs) diversity um and they seem to think less of other races very easily but at the same time when you can prove your worth they seem to think that's above all else well yeah there's uh, there's there's power in that yes so there's they value power and somebody who can prove their that they are powerful and valuable Right. Therefore, they rise through the, the ranks. Yes. Anyone and who then, is not valuable stays at the absolute bottom. So th- right. that's why that makes sense. Right. And then, you know, we had talked about Redoran, where they're just like, it's strength, it's power. That's their way to, that's their claim to fame. This Indril, to me, at least, at least in the grand scheme of things, especially playing through the Morrowind things, always struck me as kind of just like like you said it's like the middle point in the others we're going to get into the other houses as well and it'll make more sense but like they just struck me as kind of like the you know what we'll we'll do we had mentioned the the two-party system in in Mm -hmm. the united states for example there's democrats republicans this 
this situation strikes me as like i'm an independent <laughs> like they're yeah. just kind of yeah yeah okay like you all right. have your points guys i just if i disagree with you it doesn't mean i'm on the other side i'm just moderate right yes yeah right just That's, because i disagree with your point doesn't mean i think the whole other opposite side of this is the answer i'm a moderate right. so that <laughs> right. that's that that's what has always struck me about how syndrome it's just yeah. always been that i i yeah I which i that. guess i can see that choice of any character i had to play i'm glad that it was that house <laughs> yeah and well they also seem they're they're in connection with the the tribunal temple and the tribunal temple once they are in power once the tribunal is in power there's a sense of let's just keep this the status quo <laughs> right like we're here we are we are now your gods and nothing else needs to change let's let's not go too extreme here from guys let's just let's just we'll stay in power how about that right yeah like there's a feeling of like you keep doing your things but let's let's not be too extreme about that right you because all you all explain your point of view and we'll just keep everything kind of every, tempered in the middle here it'll be fine we're gonna it, take care yes. of everyone so that, right. that big old rock in the sky don't worry about it i got that we're, it's fine yeah everything's it's like, don't fine. worry it's still fine like right. everything's still right. good right uh, don't lose faith it, yes. in us we're still right. here we're still as powerful or if not more powerful than you think we are and right. everything's going to be fine right and they're kind of in in part of that they're kind of the right. ones who are just like yeah well okay yeah everything's fine everyone just chill out <laughs> yeah exactly ex exactly that's just always the vibe they've <laughs> set up which i guess is sort of me a lot of the time where i'm just like mm -hmm. man i don't know it takes a lot to get me to be too extreme with stuff so it's just like yeah that seems good just right in the middle right in the middle let's listen to all the sides which can be pretty varied when it gets to the Morrowind Great Houses. <laughs> we'll yeah. just stay yeah. nice and tempered in the middle. Yeah. So okay. So let's move on from them. Uh oh, where'd my camera go? My camera. Just, oh, now, now I'm back. You're a literal robot. Weird. All right. So here, let's move on to the fourth fourth of the main houses. Um, house dress. So house Good dress <laughs> uh, has a mainly rural but still very wealthy agrarian agricultural society maintaining vast salt rice plantations on the plains and marshes surrounding Tyr. The Drez were also the Dunmer who shipped the majority of slaves to the other great houses. Their symbol is chains. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this is definitely one of the rougher houses. Yes. Uh, it goes on. It goes on. Keeping thousands of captives, mostly Argonians and Khajiit, in their, and did I say Khajiit? Khajiit, yeah, in I, their infamous slave pens of Tyr and the surrounding plantations. The Drez are also known among the great houses for maintaining a persistent tradition of Daedra worship and ancestor reverence. So they... They're they're a little at odds with the tribunal. Yeah, a little more into the old ways, mm -hmm. a little more uh, connection to like the Ashlander style of living. Right. Um, um, and then <laughs> very high superiority to other races in their minds. <laughs> yes, uh, it goes on. Let me just finish this off. Their, their staunch support of unity be between the great houses and their emphasis of interhouse relations and the improvement of Dunmary society as a whole. So uh, if everybody's getting along and you're supplying everyone's slaves, then you make more money off of the slave trade. Yeah. Right. Like everyone yeah. get along. We all we're all just going to like chill out here. Uh, we got plenty of plenty of slaves, slaves for sale. Everyone's working their fields. Right. Mm -hmm. Where everything's good. OK, cool. Buy some more slaves from us. It's kind of the, the feeling I get 
from them? Yes, very much so. And I feel like um, in in terms of them, they always have struck me as one of the... Uh, yes, they're a great house. Um, it's But it seems like they always have... They're kind of uh, economically a little more of a one-trick pony where it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, we're not going to do our own field work. And our main <laughs> source of income is basically selling slaves. So, like, the, the big thing with them seems to, you know, obviously the thing they're most well-known for, especially with their, you mentioned their house sigil of, like, being literal chains. Right. Um, slave Slavery is, like, designed around their culture. But as a, as a side effect, they always struck me as one of the weaker houses trying to stay relevant with the houses that are a little more self-sufficient. Yeah, like, there's also that like, okay, we're not we're not strong like the Red Iran. We're not powerful mages like the Telvanni, but we're, yeah, we're we good haven't gotten at business. strength yet either. Right. Um, we're good they at don't have the commanding business. presence of Indoral. We it's can just sell kind of, you some here. slaves. <laughs> right. We can sell you stuff. We found the thing that we're good at. Better. <laughs> like your your life will be easier if you let us stick around type of thing. Right. Right. Um, oh, man, which, that's dark. which is really, really weird. Uh, it's kind of skeezy. Always, yeah, it, it's definitely they're definitely a bit of a cringe house <laughs> um, <laughs> for, for, for the most part. But the um, the thing is, it's just like they as a result of some of the more extremist views and the fact that they like the idea of like keeping the houses happy it seems more like a necessity than something that you know what i mean it's like okay like you said as long as we can keep supplying you with stuff like slaves and stuff like that Mm. all will be good if people don't like them they're basically like their outside commerce does not go to people outside the other great houses for the most part. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's so like a free market to be friends. It's like a free market situation, right? Like right. if there's demand for something, the market's going to find a way to fulfill it. So in these cultures, there's demand for slaves. House dresses are the ones who are able to fulfill it the best. And it also makes sense because they're agricultural and agrarian. This is the slaves are their workhorse. That is the machine that keeps their economy going. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it just makes sense. Like there is demand for something, and because society permits it, therefore this exists. Um, so that's that's basically house dress. Now let's let's talk about the last one. This is the fifth house, and the one that we know the least about. House Sadress is one of the five houses, right? At the beginning of the fourth era, following the Oblivion Crisis. Um, of the third era, 433, and the eruption of Red Mountain in the fourth era, 5, House Hlalu was stripped of its great house status and removed from the Grand Council of Morrowind. House Sadris, whose prior status and holdings are unknown, was selected to fill the seat on the council. So this is the newest of the great houses because Hlalu was removed. Right. They got Which, kicked out and Sadris was somebody that was out there. I mean, they were a house that was out there, but they just didn't they didn't show up too much in any of the other games so far. And so we just don't know that much about them. Right. They're, they're becoming great as opposed right. to like next in line. All right. Ready? Here you go. Who what right. you guys are about yet? We don't really know because we haven't had a game to find out. Exactly. They're they're, they're new to the table. 
Right, right. So that means that there are some former great houses like Hualu and Dagoth. And then there are some historic houses, which we can talk about as well. But we're going to save those for after the break because we need to go thank our patrons. So we'll be right back. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrollslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrollslore, expressvpn.com slash scrollslore to learn more. This is Hamish Morak. Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls lore cast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, and uh, chat is just hamming it up about slave trade and how weird it would be when people jump into the stream and hear us talking about the economics and, and merits of slave yep. trade. Yeah. Like I said, this is definitely a little more of the awkward uh, sections of the lore. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely weird. Imagine listening to this at work and then all of a sudden pulling your headphones out and it gets real loud. And it all, yeah, and like we're really talking about text thing. Yeah, well, and everyone just looks at you like, what are you listening? Too. Right, and even Rob was like, "Someone clip the way I said house dress great, and then just stop right after the slam." <laughs> so yeah. it's wildly out yeah. of context. That sounds... It's like, yeah, a lot of this is pretty dicey uh, yeah. lore, where it's just like, it's not, it's not, it's not all, it's not all fun in this world. It's, not... it's unfortunately got some really seedy aspects to it, and this is a big one. It's true. It's true. But one of the not seedy aspects about our world is that we're supported by you guys, our patrons, Yay. and we get to thank our patrons for being here and for signing up. So we have some new ones that have signed up in the last week. That includes Ian H. and Van Hoffenheimer. I hope that's your your actual like last name because that's awesome. Uh, Gunner M. Sam and Annie E and just seriously just moments before we started the, the stream today uh, Kelsey L welcome to the Patreon thank you for being here and for all of your support and if you're interested in checking out what we have on the Patreon which includes all sorts of stuff ad free episodes t-shirts joining us on future episodes of the show all sorts of fun things go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast and check that out also we have to shout out our tier 5 Daedric Princes Evelyn R, Kira C, and Noodle Al Dente. Evelyn is our new, one of our newest Daedric Princes. Evelyn, you should tell us which Daedric Prince you are. Which one are you mantling? This will be awesome. Um, so thank you so much to everybody. You guys are awesome. Um, 
and thank you for being here. We also have a new review that came in. This is from DSWeb2312 at 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 three at signs at the end from Great Britain who writes get lost in the world of Elder Scrolls I have listened to this podcast consecutively for the past four weeks while at work and it has made time fly by not only is it a wonder to hear the lore behind the games I love but also engaging listening to Tom and Lotus talk about their own experiences in the world of Tamriel many thanks go out to you two and the time and effort you have spent on not only the quality of your podcast but the quality the quantity you provide many thanks Dan Thorondor. Thorondor? Thoron. I like Thorondor. Thorondor. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we mispronounced that, but uh, thank you, Dan. I'm sure we both mispronounced it, yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's <laughs> But nice. I still appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and... um thanks to everybody who listens we we got the spotify year in review stuff for like everybody gets their own little thing about like these are the the songs you listen to the most this year and all of that yep but as a creator you get one as well and holy moly guys you guys have been sharing this show a lot uh lots of new listeners people who do listen to the show listen to a lot of it there's yeah <laughs> there's um and we showed up on the in the top podcast list of thousands of you mm-hmm. thousands of people we're in yeah. your like top five podcast so if you have your little thing and you want to share your image with us please feel free to share it on twitter or post it in the discord and be like hey look you're one of my top shows we, we love seeing that that would be awesome so thank you to everybody for listening and for another awesome year of this show so just wanted to say that before we get back into the houses of morrowind so why don't we get back to it you're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, here we are. We're back. And now we get to talk about House Hlalu. H-L-A-A-L-U. Hlalu. Hlalu. That's a good word, huh? It is. So, according to the Great Houses of Morrowind, as a result of its close relationship with the Imperial Administration, House Hlalu has emerged as politically and economically dominant among the Great Houses of Vardenfell and Morrowind. Hlalu welcomes Imperial culture and law, Imperial legions and bureaucracy, and Imperial freedom of trade and religion. All of that should sound very like red They're flags super down with the empire that sounds like red flags if you are a regular old dunmer just doing your daily stuff yeah. and you're like no Wait, what they are they are currently being appropriated by the empire and they are all over it right right and remember how's the house the great houses of morrowind is one of those books that was part of the game morrowind so this is filling people in on the way the world is at that time in history um, it goes on a little bit and says, Hlalu still honors the old Dunmer ways, the ancestors, the temple, and the noble houses, but has readily adapted to the rapid pace <laughs> of change and progress in the imperial provinces. So, yeah. So these guys used yeah, to be totally on top. we love the old ways, but also we'll throw that stuff in the trash if it makes us a dollar. Uh, yeah. And, well, speaking of dollars, the, uh, the sign of household Hlalu, the symbol, is the scales and the scales are typically used in symbols of trade. We we see it in the United States with like balancing justice and, mm-hmm. and justice being blind, that whole symbol. But typically the scales are more of a trade symbol. You put right. two things, and, you and, balance them, you make the trade. 
Yeah, this is where you can kind of have like uh, for an old wrestling reference. I was going to say this is where the million dollar man thing of him just saying money, 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 money comes in <laughs> because this is all I picture with them. There's actually a deck in Tales of Tribute in ESO mm-hmm. uh, known as, you know, it's the Halalu deck and and Lots it's of gold coins. all about gold generation. Yeah. Like that's that's the play style of the deck is to get currency to buy other cards to help you win the game and things like that so it's like they really they are the economic powerhouse and you know if there's insider trading going on or whatever that's on them they're all about that life just whatever you can do to make a buck to further your you know further your power and further your alliance and stuff like that yeah they bet big on the imperials so yeah, because they thought the Imperials are going to be a good way to make a buck. Um, right. So the summary here says the house was largely concerned with business and diplomacy, seeking to strengthen ties with a with at times unconventional allies such as the Empire. And although profit was often a primary object, uh, yeah, objective, traditional Hlalu practice recognized the value of a good reputation over money. This was their great strength. They were fast talkers and intelligent traders and their great liability most Hlalu were bribable either with gold or with other favors and their leaders are no exception house Hlalu retainers were also masters of thievery sneaking lockpicking blackmailing and backstabbing both literal and metaphorical while some <laughs> while some counselors they're basically game of thrones the house right yeah uh, while some counselors were honest and fair others were more underhanded and corrupt However, House Lalu's most distinguishing distinguishing characteristic was its willingness to live in harmony with the other races, setting it apart from the other occasionally xenophobic Dunmer Great Houses. So we mentioned this with Drez, this idea that their main income source was the slave trade and how everybody getting along meant that their slave trade would go well. They could make business with other other houses, right? Yeah. Now, if you dial that up to like 11, now we have House Hulalu because basically their business is everything else and keeping everything moving between the houses was of great importance to them. Right. And and the thing with, um, I, I guess, one of the more what we would assume or at least I would consider probably a more redeeming quality that could be there type of thing is the benefit of the fact that they seem a little more willing to work with anybody granted the reason they're willing to work with anybody is so that they can make a buck and get ahead but at the same time you had mentioned the xenophobia that's like pretty prevalent uh not only in just a lot of the great houses but a lot a lot of the you know don mary people they're definitely a little more accepting of outsiders just straight up like you know the fine doesn't matter who you are as long as you like everybody's everybody's septums are gold like so just give them here i don't really i don't care about your background i don't care about any of that stuff but the problem is when that is your main focus that's a huge problem with them because again when you're constantly backstabbing those in your own group for for gaining power that's that's a little rough um yeah because yeah. you don't know who you can actually trust and from the political stance man you're just making deals and how much are you actually like how much can anyone really take you at your word at that point right right so while things were going well they were going pretty well because they were upwardly mobile and they were sophisticated in the way they dealt with other 
groups and they were stabbing people in the back and all that stuff. But when things start to go bad, starting with like the oblivion crisis and the Empire pulling out their protection of Morrowind in order to defend Cyrodiil. Right. All of a sudden, House Halalu's, everyone's looking at them like, wait a minute, I thought you said the Empire was going to help us. Yeah. What's the deal with this? Okay, so why were we wasting our time with this? Clearly, outsiders are bad, where it's like, uh, no, no. Why did we trust (laughs) you? Yeah. Correct. And then uh, the explosion of, or the eruption of Red Mountain, basically an explosion. Um, And then, again, the Imperials don't help out. And the people suffer. And so now they look at House Halalu again a second time. They're like, yeah, why did we follow you? This is terrible. And that all leads to their expulsion and and the the movement of them out of the great houses and House Sadras into the great houses. Yeah, they get bumped down to B tier. They get bumped out. Yep. So I guess that's that's the thing is if you uh, if you (laughs) if you bet too big on the wrong thing, you don't get to stay in one of the major houses. Yeah, it's a big, you can just think of them as like a, a big stock market gamble from that house where it's just like, all right, we're going all in on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it didn't work out. We are totally in trouble. <laughs> like, Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, Gats in, in chat says, Halalu is interesting because they oppose, uh, they officially oppose slavery, but many of them are in the Kimona Tong, which deals in slavery. Yeah, that whole yes. like working both but, sides of the thing. Uh, thing. Again, a, a lot of it's, speaking not so much actions to stuff which is right. again right. hard to distinguish where actual lines are with a lot of these things but it's yeah. the same thing with any political party it, i mean it's, it feels like politics as opposed to what you do that's right. politics it's like, totally politics you say the thing that people want to hear and then you totally do the opposite thing yeah like most people in politics they made are a doing really that. believable set of houses <laughs> yeah on some <laughs> level yeah yeah so the other former major house is house dagoth and this is this is interesting. Of course, this plays into Dagoth Ur and mm-hmm. the events of the game Morrowind. Uh, house Dagoth, also called the Sixth House, Shadow House, Sleeping House, Lost House, or Tribe Unmourned, or the Unmourned House, is the defunct Sixth Great House of the Chimer, led by Vorin Dagoth, later, later known as Dagoth Ur. All records of the house's existence were destroyed following the Battle of Red Mountain, and its members were either killed or absorbed into the remaining houses. This is one of the few times where people can transition from one house to another, is when a house is just gone. It's, right. It basically and falls I, apart. Yeah, and a little more of that, I always got the um, impression that a lot of it was like people who really weren't in a situation like children or stuff like that it's mm-hmm. like okay well we don't need to necessarily kill everybody here we right. can just scoop them in and now you're part of this house and we're gonna just pretend that didn't happen adopt them into our family they grow up as one of us they never know any different right right so right. we're uh, talking that th- this group was powerful before the battle of red mountain this is before the tribunal this is hundreds or thousands of years before so much of what else is going on um and then we have the whole thing with uh, Dagoth Ur, and he goes into hiding, and then, of course, he comes back out of hiding, and then you have the events of the game Morrowind, where he tries to reconstruct the new medium in order to take over the Dunmer, and yada, yada, yada. Um, so we, we, I'm sure we've talked about this on a few different occasions, and we can get more into the story of that in the future. Uh, but they used to be a great house, and they're just, they're just not. The events of the Battle of Red Mountain led to their downfall. So yeah, they're, they're they have a really creepy vibe to them too, which is is interesting. Um, other than just their banner and stuff like that, they just they have it's like this, a ladybug. It's a beetle. It looks like a ladybug. It, yes, to it's me. a beetle. But right. yeah, it's, it. Looks I mean, a beetle like a is a lady. A ladybug is a type of beetle. But yes, 
and they have all these like dark tie-ins type of thing um which is which is interesting because because they seem almost more like a cult at times more so than just like a great house which is sort of unique to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're very cultish yeah I, I guess every house is somewhere between cult and mafia that's yeah. like that's like the spectrum so it's like somewhere on that line somewhere all right so now we have the historic houses we'll get through these pretty quickly did you know the Dwemer are a historic house of the Ta-da. of the Dunmer? Weird, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So little is known of the faction referred to some as House Dwemer. Go back and listen to our Dwemer episode because we do talk about them. During the time of the First Council, Resdane was united by the Chimer hero Nerevar and the Dwemer king Dumak. According to some Imperial texts and tribunal Apocrypha, Apocrypha meaning not necessarily true or canon. The Dwemer of Resdane were considered a great house. So at some point in that history, they might have had some say in some political events back in the day. Mm -hmm. Kind of cool if you think about it. Now, of course, the Dwemer disappear and nobody knows where they went to. And there was the whole Battle of Red Mountain and all that. A lot of questions around. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Around the Dwemer. Yeah. But at a time early on, they, they did act like like a part of the Dunmer, or the, back then it was the Keimer, the Keimer traditional set of houses and, and all that. So pretty cool. Then we have House Mora, which is a minor political house of Dunmer that was later absorbed into House Lalu in the first era. Since its founding, House Mora has had a deep-rooted human ancestry in their blood. One of their most esteemed families was the Rothim clan, the royal family of Ebenhart, and ancient retainers of the high kingship of Morrowind. So we talk about like the Bretons having a mix of myrrh and mannish blood, right? Mm-hmm. But House Mora probably did too. Yeah, see, it seems highly likely that it'd be a similar situation. Also interesting to note that the uh, the people of like the Daggerfall region, the um, the uh, the Bretons, like that that group, also known for their ability at commerce. Yeah, they, I, again, very and House Lalu, which may have had in, brought in House Mora, who had human blood in them, right. also maybe good at commerce. A, maybe that's yet another tie. I mean, maybe logically, I could see the connection being there because it, that's one of the things. It's it, an interesting it, coincidence. If it's not, it, yes, it, it, if there's nothing substantial there, I could totally like. Okay, but I fine but if there's like an actual connection it would totally make sense it would sync up there's the there's the way that they're politically savvy their commerce based style of getting ahead like it all mm-hmm. works yeah. so like the the fact that there like, is that a mannish trait clicks like I mean, it seems inherent to all the cultures. You could say that, yes, it's a Moorish trait as well. There's political intrigue. There's good there's good commerce happening in Somerset and other places as well. Like like everybody has some of that. Right. It's just interesting that the house that happens to have the Manish blood also part of Hualu, who's also known for that. It's kind of this really right. kind of cool coincidence. Um, then we end up with House Rathim, R-A apostrophe A-T-H-I-M was an influential family in the city-state of Ebenhard. They were known for being miners of Mithril. Some of the most notable Rathim are Katash, or, I'm sorry, Katar, 
Taria and Moralin. Um, once we got to Mithril, <laughs> once we got to the word Mithril, I just saw like Gimli saying Mithril. <laughs> like, it's, like my brain went Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, but and, yeah, and, Mithril and, is and a is a thing. In, Mithril's not an overly commonly used thing in the series for mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls. Like it's it's there. It's more there in the older games. It's not really mentioned all that much. So it's a little. It definitely is a little more Lord of the Ringsy than than. <laughs> it feels that way. Yeah. And then we have House Solothan. House Solothan is a little-known lineage that died out simultaneously in a momentous va- uh, battle, um, or I'm sorry, monumental battle, that's the actual word, during the time of the Chimer. They have an ancestral tomb in the northern uh, West Gash area near the township of Nisus. I think is how you pronounce that. Nisus, Nisus, whatever. Um, so another one of those like, hey, these people used to be around a long time ago, but we don't know much about them. Yeah, there was just kind of, they, I, again, not that I can really add too much more to them, but it's always kind of funny when it's just like you are an asterisk in the history of Morwind. It was like, yeah, we were yeah. around. And there was a big battle and we're just totally done. Like that was just it. We're just like, ooh, okay. Well, that was abrupt. That kind of stuff though makes this stuff feel more real. Because it when you're does. in a place like in the world and you come across yeah, like a tomb or something and you're like, Oh, the house Solothan, who is that? They're well, not one of the ones I've heard of. And you find right. out like they died off thousands of years ago. Sure. And I mean, cool. if they weren't this, you know, monumental great house with, you know, thousands and thousands of people in it, it you know. Even say it's it's a group of a hundred or a thousand or whatever, but this huge battle happens in their region. It could be enough to just wipe them out. Like especially right. if they didn't do well in the situation, there might just not be enough to survive the the lineage. Right, right. And maybe there were less people around at certain points in history altogether. So yeah, even if you were a great house, maybe you only had several dozen members of your sure, house. Sure, maybe so a minor house were notably smaller. Exactly, yeah, a minor house may have been only like really two or three family units. <laughs> like Just you never really know. Somebody raising their hand, can I be a great house? <laughs> I'm my own great house. Sit down, Sean. Okay, <laughs> the house of Sean will not be acknowledged. <laughs> Next year, can I be a no, Sean? Sit down. <laughs> Let's move on with the meeting. All right. And then we have House... All the Shans of the show are like, hey, I want to be hey. a great house. This is crap. Hey, why don't Tom let me be a great house? I'm sorry. If your name is Sean, you can be a great house. I apologize. <laughs> so uh, then the last of these minor houses um, is House Sotha. Sotha was a minor house with holdings in the homestead of Ald Sotha, considered an unremarkable town belonging to an unremarkable family. They are so unremarkable <laughs> that they become super important. <laughs> right. The only known members were Sotha Sil, a future member of the tribunal <laughs> and living god, and his older sister Sotha Nall. It is said that Vivek rescued Sotha Sil, the only surviving member of his house, from Ald Sotha when the town was destroyed by Mehrun's Dagon. And man, this we, we need to talk about these guys because that is one. There's one of those weird stories about like this is how these two knew each other back when they were kids or whatever. Right. Um. And and you know, there's not a lot to say with. <laughs> Health <laughs> Sotha, obviously. It is interesting, though, that um, I, I guess, like, for them being so notably small and unimportant, they did have their own town named after them. Mm-hmm. So, so like, mm-hmm. 
it i guess just there were more of them but none of them really made a difference i guess you know so to speak and they do specifically mention obviously um anybody who really is accustomed to the series especially with the morrowind uh lore is sotha sil being important um but one little tidbit that i just love this is super tangential uh just i always love bringing it up and there's very few opportunities where i can bring it up so um his sister who he uh, you know obviously has like a lot of um reverence for love for he misses her because you know she's she's gone and he's like this basically living god there is a note um in the elder scrolls online in the clockwork city um there's a few things that kind of imply that the uh, factotums that go around in the clockwork city mm-hmm. uh, the little robot guys stuff. that walk around yeah the little yeah. robot guys. oh they're kind of if big you, but yes yeah they are yeah, was in some, so they're some all pretty tall size. right but if you play the game um You'll notice they have this weird, surreal voice um, that they actually talk. And it's implied that that was actually the voice of his sister. Oh, interesting. And, and he like worked that into their design. Some of the stuff they say is sort of unnerving at times. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I, I've always thought that that was, they never really explicitly go into too much of it that I ever found, but I just always thought it was a cool thing because there's so few members of that house that have any, any remembrance in history of the series at all. And theoretically she might constantly be in the series and we just might not have overtly noticed it. That's interesting. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Yeah. The clockwork city stuff is really cool. I'm, I'm so glad they, they took the time to do a DLC area with all that stuff in it. Cause yeah, uh, getting to interact with Sothasil in the game is really cool, and he's always got like really weird, interesting things to say. And um, it's uh, you only get so many moments with him, but each one is pretty unique and interesting. I also, also um, think it's interesting how their names are set up like uh, like Chinese names, where the house name is first yes, and the individual first. name is second. Yes, um, which I, I actually think that's kind of cool. I, I sort of like that, actually. Um, and one thing that actually Rob brought up, I guess we could we could mention that specifically. Um, Dagon basically just nukes the town. That's wh- that's why they're deleted. It's not like a civil war or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, May- Mayrun's Dagon blows his town up. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the end of House Sofa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we ever get an explanation of why. I, I've never known why other than just f this place specifically and just yeah. like I, I there there probably is i mean it shows up in dialogue it's it's like a it, off it does so, so uh, according to this it's like a, a one of the dialogue things that just gets mentioned by a character named tholer sarioni who's a dark elf priest in the game mm-hmm. morrowind um and it's one of those where i think he's just kind of explaining what's going on but yeah that's <laughs> it's it's weird and kind of cool at the same time yeah, it's just it's it's an interesting it's an interesting way of just like deleting that house. It's just like okay, Daedric intervention, and you're all done. I'm like, all right, that that one's there's not much to that house, but it's pretty definitive what happened to that house. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through it right now, and he's basically saying like, um, yeah, Old Saltha, the Daedric ruins northwest of or northeast of Vivek City. Uh, Vivek rescued Saltha Sil, the only survivor of the minor house Saltha, which barely mentioned here from the armies of Mayrun's Dagon. <laughs> yep. It's just like which by the way, they just they attack them and he Yeah, them. which I mean, 
to, to rob the prince's point, Dagon just does that. I mean, sort of. The, the Daedric Prince of Destruction, like, hey, time to destroy something. Like, it's, it's not even... squish this ha- this building it, right. here, <laughs> this city. It's now gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, somebody did something to slight him once and was like, oh, absolutely not. We're blowing you up. Like, so... Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Those are all the, the known great houses. It doesn't mean others won't come up in some interesting story later on because they disappeared long ago or emerged because we have this this other house that you know sadras which we don't know much about which seems to just kind of come in, come into prominence so there might be other houses you know just families out there that sure. can, can move into prominence in the future so that would be cool too but um that's that's going to be it for the the overview of all the different houses of Morrowind. Um, so now we've done the region. We've done an overview of each of the houses. Yeah, the general history, the houses. We probably need to talk about the tribunal, get into yeah. each of those. Um, there's definitely, I mean, we could go deeper into this stuff, too. There's always, there's lots of layers. This is like an onion. Yeah, more, lots more of layers. lore gets pretty, pretty deep and pretty out there. Yes, yes. So, yeah, that's, that's what... <laughs> man what have we opened up lotus where where are we going with all this um we've opened up a kirkbridean box oh god it's true it's true all of this i feel like is written by kirkbride which probably is which Um, most of it is which is uh, to me uh, you know peak kirkbride i love how weird some of this stuff gets right right and the villains make you not like them like and the problem is very few people are squeaky clean in this society so it's like it it feels gritty and realistic that it's like oh god you gotta like always watch what's going on so Mm -hmm. yeah 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 this this side of kirkbride with like the squabbling families the political intrigue the these groups are powerful in these ways all of that very cool it doesn't get too esoteric right uh, yeah. When once he starts getting kind of out there, that's when things get like okay, all right. Uh, yeah, we're not getting we're not, yeah, we're not getting a it's coda. cool, but is it cool for the sake of being cool, or is it cool because <laughs> it works and it's unique and interesting, right? Sure. Like, it's like the the kid in school who was like, yeah, and check out my new jacket, and we're like, yeah, that's a really cool jacket. Like you're trying really hard to be cool, rather yeah. than like that jacket just fits you, and so it's right. cool because it fits your personality, right? Yeah. You're like, man, you look at my new Lamborghini. It's like, yeah, you're working really hard to try to be cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. You own this. You get <laughs> it. You got a lot of money. You bought a Lamborghini. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything going on you want to share before we wrap this up? Um, so the big thing that I have coming up is um, Extra Life. It's uh, December 3rd, which from this show is two days away from our live recording date. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys will probably get this over the next day or so. So it'll be right on the brink of the uh, the marathon kicking off yeah this episode which, goes up on saturday morning which means if you're yeah. listening to this over the weekend go check out lotus's yeah. marathon go, come join us we'll be kicking everything off at 6 a.m eastern time and i will be going at least until 2 a.m um the following morning at which point uh oh boy arc will be taking over from me and then streaming to continue the marathon where extra life you know i've i've mentioned it before is um my specific campaign is going to the Boston Children's Hospitals, but it's uh, anybody can do it from the Children's Miracle Network. All of those hospitals are included. Um, all mm. of the proceeds go to the hospitals to help kids in need uh, get the treatment they they uh, oftentimes can't afford otherwise. Yeah. So it's a 
really good cause. Um, we will be marathoning through all sorts of Elder Scrolls stuff. I'll be playing uh, ESO a bunch, but due to popular requests, we will be pay- playing some classics as well. Um, and thanks to Bethesda, uh, Zenimax, and uh, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, who we always mention on this show and we're affiliated with on Tales of Tamriel as well, um, they've all prov- provided so many things uh for us to be able to give away as we hit milestones throughout the marathon and all you need to do is hang out with us if you can't support financially i totally get it like that's that's fine but even hanging out with us and sharing the stuff around helps more than a lot of people realize Uh, and obviously any financial donations are super super great as well but uh, as we hit milestones there's there's all sorts of stuff we'll be giving away to people just hanging out with us in chat keeping us awake and stuff like that so really (laughs) excited and uh, very hopeful that things will go well we're already off to (laughs) a ridiculous start where we hit my original goal almost oh wow we haven't started yet that's awesome that's awesome so really this is just you pleading for people to show up to keep you awake oh Without a doubt, like I, <laughs> yes. I don't even I don't even remotely pretend that's not a thing. I tell people a lot that I'm like, yeah, I'm really glad this is entertaining for everybody. Um, you talking to me, make sure I'm not asleep on my keyboard at our like 16 plus nonstop. It's uh-huh. like I start really losing it as it gets later on. And that's why we try to relay it so that we can at least be moderately coherent. Right. Whereas totally. I've done ones for 24 hours plus before. That's too much. And by the end, I literally have been shown VODs. I'm like, I don't remember this. Right. No, like, my, I, brain my brain is, is gone is at that mush. point. I got nothing. Yeah. So, Rob the Princess says Lotus will be doing a live reading of Coda, right? If uh, Rob the Princess you know, donates $100 to charity, will you do a live reading of Coda? Yes, I will do a live <laughs> reading of Coda. I'll need to get the entire. Oh my God, that script is so long. <laughs> <laughs> it might keep you awake, though. <laughs> or put everyone to sleep. <laughs> or put everyone to sleep. What? How much money to do a like live reading slash pantomime reenactments like a reenactment like the, yeah the, like dramatic the one thing where reading. like the, the hand is going into your head type right of thing, yeah where you can needle. like you act it out as you read it like oh wow yeah i, I there's some I, weird I there's some really messed up stuff in there to act there out sure is <laughs> I, I wonder how i could cut off my hand <laughs> oh god um, but yeah it, you should it, have it, a stretch be, goal for that because that would be it, amazing I, I, hey, again, when people get creative during, like, we haven't got a bunch of stuff planned out for milestones, but oftentimes people will come up with goofy stuff. I mean, we've made reference to the one you did before. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will come up with just goofy stuff. It's like, oh, I, what, what kind of donation to do this? And you had the one that I always like to joke about where you were like, yep, you have to play PvP in first person. Yep. And I was like, for 50 bucks, I will pay PVP for an hour in first person. And we read it about It's totally worth minutes, it because it's for the kids. Minutes. And and, well, and then 10 minutes later, somebody's like, I will give you $100 if you stop doing right. this. Everyone <laughs> suffers. <laughs> We're all suffering for the kids together. Yes. Right. Yes. So, it was, good you know, stuff like that always makes it fun. Uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully it's entertaining to watch. It's always been a good time. So fingers crossed that this is another great year. And at bare minimum, it'll at least be fun and 
We've already raised a bunch and we haven't even started yet. So yeah, well, good luck with that. That sounds awesome. I'll, I'll yep. make a mental note to pop in and uh, potentially, potentially uh, ruin your stream. Uh, Hell yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, I've got all my normal stuff, all my different shows, which by the way, are, are doing awesome. Everybody's tuning into the Lord of the Rings lore cast. If you're into fallout, also the fallout lore cast, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, the Starfield lore cast, we're going to be getting that up and going again soon as we start to get more info. Fingers crossed for maybe games what is it gamescom that's coming up the or the the awards uh, the game awards it's coming awards. up yeah, the game yeah, awards yeah. is coming up in a few weeks um maybe there's often big reveals during that so maybe we'll get a release date and some more information dropping so if you're going to be in playing starfield because you love bethesda games like like we do then that'll be the place to go for info and then once we get the game out all the lore and all the background for all the world and all the stuff that we can dig up. So, um, yeah, so go check that out. Um, it's up currently, but there's some like old episodes where we're just like making crap up, which should be hilarious. I, I hope I, I think star facts are confirmed. <laughs> star facts. Yeah. Go, <laughs> go listen to all our star facts. I've listened to that show. Uh -huh. I personally stand by your star facts, especially the ones that Tooniversal would add. Yes. Yes. Uh, that sounds strangely like Star Wars, but I don't know. Nope. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> totally unique. <laughs> totally unique. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week on Thursday night. Uh, come join us during the live stream, twitch.tv slash robots radio and live stream people. Thank you for being here and all of our patrons and everybody who helps us out with the show we really do appreciate it all right guys we'll see you next week stay safe out there bye everybody thanks for joining us we'd love to hear from you you can reach me on twitter at robots underscore radio or lotus of doom at lotus of doom also you can join us on the robots radio discord channel you can easily just search robots radio discord on google or check the description underneath the podcast also this podcast is recorded live every week on thursday nights 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific on the robots radio channels on twitch youtube and on facebook so just search robots radio on any of those platforms Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio Network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows, build their audiences, and create the best podcasts they possibly can. All of that at robotsradio.net. We'll see you next time.